Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's an honor to be back here again. I just want to know, kem wahad fikum hadhar the first time? Hands up for those of you who attended the first time we did it. Surah Al-Qiyamah. Okay, Surah Al-Qiyamah, the first time we attended a couple of months ago. Two months ago about? Okay. So, mashallah, new faces today. Okay, good. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering, the first question that comes to mind is why such a negative topic? I'm sure this is a question in your mind. Some of you are scared of coming. Why not? A lot of people didn't come because of this topic, right? But inshallah, I'm going to try to give you a fresh look at death today, inshallah. And the objective is not to scare you. Wallahi, it's not to scare you. I have my seven-year-old daughter here. The last thing I want is to scare her about death. But the idea is to look at death in a new way, in a new perspective. That will, inshallah, give us hope and peace and happiness. Can you imagine? Death can act, is actually linked to happiness in a way. But that's going to be my challenge today, is to try it, inshallah, give you that perspective. Because unfortunately... Islam, according to my views, has not been presented to us in the right way. It's been presented to us in a very negative way. And people are always scared of this topic of death, and Islam seems like a very tough and difficult religion that's very strict. And guess what? When we teach Islam like that, what's going to happen to our kids and the youth? They're going to run away from this deen. And nobody wants a strict religion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. The lovingly merciful. And He loves us all. And يعني, I want you to all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be happy in life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to live a happy and peaceful life. Especially this inner peace. Nidalik, what's the name of our religion? Islam, which, which actually comes from the root words silm, which means inner peace. If the insan is not happy and, and not at inner peace, then guess what? And he has nothing to do with Islam. But the number one sign that you are on the right path is if you're happy and you have inner peace in your life. With shaitan, what's his goal? What's shaitan's goal? Shaitan, as you know, the devil or Satan, whatever you want to call him, he's our ultimate enemy. And his goal is not only to make us burn in the hellfire of Akhirah. Guess what? There's a hellfire in dunya also. Shaitan wants us to suffer pain in dunya also. And who can tell me what's the hellfire of dunya? Depression, worry, frustration, anxiety, anger, hatred, wars, problems between husbands and wives. Kilhal negative emotions and feelings and thoughts. This is the adab of dunya. This is the nar of dunya. And is, do you all agree that shaitan is winning this game, hatta dunya? Yes? We have so much depression in the world. People are, are sick. They're you know, financially they're not worried, not settled financially. Hatta families are breaking apart. Parents and children problems. Husband, wife problems. Sibling problems. How many of you know brothers and sisters who don't talk to each other for years and years? Hands up for those of you who know conflicts. Yes, we all know these. And it's usually about inheritance or about you know, not being invited to a wedding or you know, 
things like things of that sort. Shaitan is winning this game. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be happy in akhirah and fil dunya. A win-win situation. This idea that fil dunya we suffer and we live a life of suffering and then fil akhirah we enjoy, that's the wrong teaching of Islam. It's not true. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be happy in dunya and akhirah and that's why He revealed the Quran to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Taha, Taha, ma anzalna alayka al-Qur'ana litashqa. We have not revealed the Qur'an to you so that you may be miserable in your life. This deen is supposed to make us happy. We're supposed to be the happiest people in the world. This is supposed to be what should attract non-Muslims to this deen. The fact that we're happy and we have the, the ultimate guide to happiness, which is Qur'an. Inshallah, let's look at this topic of death. Before we begin, I want to do a small exercise. Imagine that you're having migraines and you go to see the doctor and the doctor tells you, he does a scan of your brain and he says that, you know what, Shekla, there's a tumor in your brain and we need to do a few more tests. You do a few more tests and the results show that you have some sort of really, really bad disease that's going to end up killing you within the next couple of months. So imagine for a second that June 20, 2016 is the day you die. Just for, I'll give you one minute. So just think about how your life will change over the next three months. March 20, April, May, June. You have three months to live. Think about it. And if you want, get your phones out. Start writing down notes of the things you will do differently in the coming three months. Okay, so I'll give you one minute, and inshallah we will resume after that. Alright, and no cheating, don't ask each other what will you do, I'll copy you. Kilwahad Fikum thinks about himself, how is your life going to change, inshallah. Alright, so I'll give you one minute, inshallah, starting now. Yeah, you can write it down on your phone, Kilikum and notepads in your phones. Think about it, Hatta. Okay, tell me how, how did it feel, what, was your, what were your feelings, what are some of the thoughts that came, if anyone wants to share please, I'm curious to know, who's the brave one who's going to share inshallah? Okay, so you'd like to pass as much knowledge about Islam to your kids before you die, very good mashallah, okay, spend more time with family, great. 
finish up all the obligations, all the, all the things that you have to do. You want to clear it up before you die, inshallah. Give yes. Give out all the money, inshallah. Yes. Invest it in the inshallah. Beautiful. Um, yeah? Absolutely. That is a blessing on its own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I make sure that everyone is Rabi Rabi That's a big one. Clearing up killal disputes with others, anyone who you might may have hurt in the past, uh, you know, any sort of conflict, you say sorry to all those people you've hurt, uh, you know, connect with people you've not been talking to for a while. Yes, and then what is what dunya, right? Anything else? People in the back? Maybe travel. Travel. Anyone think of bungee jumping or skydiving? Mubaib, <laughs> yani. Not in the priorities. So basically, the exercise, what it does is it puts things into perspective in terms of priorities. What really are our priorities? Well, guess what shaitan does? Shaitan's biggest game is distraction, by the way. Weapons of mass distraction. That's what he does. He keeps us distracted. And the biggest enemy is the mind. Keeps thinking of things. He keeps us busy with thought. And ghafla. It's called ghafla in Arabic. The idea that you, you don't realize what reality is. Okay? And then, you know, Allah's book, the Quran, is called al-dhikr. The reminder. Lish, and it reminds us when we forget. Well, insan, summi al insan, lish, min kathirat nisyan, right? Because he keeps on forgetting over and over again. But we need to be reminded. Every one of us needs this fresh reminder every now and then. Lidalik, for the men, and even for the women, but it's not, a, it's not the trend here. What's the weekly reminder? Surat al Kahf. And, and what's a bigger reminder that everyone's supposed to attend? Salat al-Jum'ah, صح? The Friday prayers. Technically, uh, well, the whole family is supposed to go to Salat al-Jum'ah. And it's supposed to be such an amazing reminder, and you're supposed to have the best speaker in the world coming there, inspiring you with a nice presentation, making you feel good about this deen. But unfortunately, there's many problems there, صح? Yani, without getting to this idea, you know what I'm talking about. Today, Salat al-Jum'ah is the best sleep of my week. صح? Imam Yibda and Alhamdulillah and you fall asleep and then you wake up. These are issues that are causing us to be in ghafla. Hatta Salat al is not fulfilling its purpose. Plus, we've been distant from the Quran. I mean, we read the Quran maybe in Ramadan only, right? For many of us, the Quran doesn't open except in Ramadan or maybe when someone dies. In some cultures, when people get married, in the Pakistani culture, usually when the couple get married, someone reads the Quran onto them, and it's a source of a barakah. The idea is, we need these constant reminders, and Allah sent the prophets, and He sent the books to remind us. That's really the goal of the Quran, and the objective of the Quran. Should we fear death? Now this concept of fear, last time we met also, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the relationship we have with Him, it's not the relationship of fear we see in the horror movies. Okay? I think there's a horror movie out nowadays. Shabab? 
horror movie اللي طالع الحين I don't know, a recent one that came out was Annabelle or Shay. Okay, but the idea is these movies scare you, صح? And it's and this fear is not healthy for you. It's psychologically disturbing to you. The fear we have of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the fear that we have similar to the fear you have for your parents. The fear of letting your parents down, the feel of the fear of not meeting their expectations. Our parents have expectations from us, صح ولا لا? But that's the fear that you're supposed supposed to have and this fear is supposed to translate into goodness when a, when a child fears failing in an exam to upset the parents what does that result in studying when, then you study so if, uh, this fear is actually healthy for you but that's the kind of fear we're supposed to have the prophet told us in a beautiful hadith okay that puts things into perspective he tells us that the muslims there will come a time where the muslims will be so weak that they will be you know, people who will be having the Muslims for dinner over the dinner table. That's how weak we will be. The Sahaba, the companions, asked the Prophet are we going to be small in number? And the Prophet said, no, you will be huge in number. But you will be you will be like the foam. The foam that sets when you step on the foam, what happens? It's nothing, صح? But there's, it's just foam without substance. But the idea here is that the Prophet is telling us Muslims will be large in number. كم عدد المسلمين اليوم في العالم? Anyone knows the population? Yeah, 1.6 billion people, billion Muslims. But the Prophet is saying that it's not about quantity, it's about what? It's about quality. فاحنا عندنا عدد كبير بس the quality is missing. And so, the Sahaba went on to ask, Ya Rasulullah, what's the reason? Why will be so weak? The Prophet said, because of this thing called wahan. Now the Sahaba didn't understand what wahan means. But were they shy to ask? What did they do? They asked. Okay, and, and we learned something from this. When you don't understand something about this deen, ask. Allah subhanahu wa says, وَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ If you don't know something, ask. Then I guess what? If you don't ask, this doubt is like a hole in your mind. Okay? Kilma, you leave the hole there, what's shaitan gonna do? He's gonna make the hole bigger and bigger and bigger, and these are doubts in our minds. William, people are filled with doubts, filled with questions about Islam, filled with controversial issues about Islam. The bigger problem is, even when you ask, the so-called people of knowledge of Islam don't know how to answer. But this is the problem we're in today. Ahl al-Dhikr are very rare, very difficult to find. But this applies, oh by the way, Ahl al-Dhikr doesn't necessarily have to be a scholar of Islam. Hatta in parenting. How many parents here? Okay, for parenting, if you go through difficulties in terms of raising your kids, لازم تسألون Ahl al-Dhikr. Who are the Ahl al-Dhikr of parenting? Your grandmother? Who are the ex experts on parenting? You read the best books on parenting. Parenting is a, is a psych psychology, صح? it's a science. And there's thousands of books written by experts who've studied this topic in detail. And you need to, you need to read those books simply, Annie. Just go on Amazon and, and look for the top books on parenting and you will learn how to be a good parent.
If you want to know about marriage, you read a book about marriage. Shunu hukuk al-zawja, shunu hukuk al-zawja, and then inshallah you live a happily married life. Nafsishain finance, you, you want to run a successful business, what do you do? You either ask someone who is a millionaire or billionaire, or you read books on finance. Right? But uh, even health, and uh, what's the best way to lose weight? Who can tell me? <laughs> you need to ask someone, of, uh, some experts, uh, hire a personal trainer, hire a nutritionist to tell you what to eat and what not to eat. Now if you say, la, 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 I'll do it on my own, are you going to get good results? You're not going to get good results. That they asked, anyway, going back to the hadith, the, the Sahaba asked, what is wahan ya Rasulullah? We don't know what you're talking about. The Prophet said two things. The love of dunya and the hatred of death. Okay? For here, love of dunya, what does it mean? We're supposed to divorce dunya and go in the mountains and start praying and reading Quran? No. What the Prophet is saying here is these people, the Muslims, they will be so obsessed with dunya is that they'll forget akhirah. They will not invest in their akhirah, they'll only be indulged in the materialism of this dunya. Okay? Is that happening today? Have people forgotten Akhirah? Absolutely. صح? The second thing was Karahiyat al-Maut. Do people like the topic of death? Do people like to talk about death? When someone talks about death, what do most people say? Please, let's talk about something more يعني, optimistic. Let's change this topic. It's too depressing. It's too serious. Chill out. صح or not? We don't like to talk about these topics, then it's, it's, it annoys us. And you know what this, the metaphor here is? Tafun when you're sleeping and it's nice and dark, and all of a sudden someone opens the light. How do you feel? How do you feel? You're in deep sleep, it's complete dark, darkness, and someone opens the light. You'll be disturbed, صح? Please close the light, it's annoying. Leish. And you're used to the darkness for so long, when the light comes, it's disturbing. And the sun rises gradually. It's not like a switch that's on and off. Allah wants us to wake up gradually. Okay, that's the natural body clock. This topic of death and other topics that are real topics. Death is a reality or not? It's absolutely, it's a reality. It's a big topic in the Quran. Allah keeps talking about the, the akhirah and the fact that we'll all die and we'll be raised. Okay? But we can't hide it under the rug, the topic. But we have to understand what Allah is trying to tell us and why, is he, why does He want us to remember death. But we're not supposed to hate death. We're supposed to embrace it, inshallah. And I'll try to explain how that will work. But the, the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He describes the hypocrites. Okay? What's interesting about the hypocrites for Surah Al-Baqarah, which is like the, the second surah of the Quran, صح? right at the beginning of the Quran, Allah describes the mu'mineen in like four ayat. Then He describes the disbelievers in one or two ayat. Then he, Allah starts talking about the hypocrites in 18 ayat. Tkhayla? 18 ayat talking about the hypocrites. There's going to be many of them out there. And it's a very dangerous thing to be, uh, that we need to be careful of. But Allah says here that the munafiqoon, He describes them in that whenever they hear things that annoy them, what do they do? يَجْعَلُونَ أَصَابِعَهُمْ فِي آذَانِهِمْ مِنَ الصَّوَاعِقِ حَذَرَ الْمَوْتِ 
They don't like these topics, but for them it's like thunder and lightning. It's scary. But they'd rather not listen to avoid it completely. Okay? It's, it's talked about negatively. Munafiqs, they are warned about death. They don't like the topic of death. Okay? الشيء, Allah talks about Bani Israel. Bani Israel, they claim to be the chosen people. Right? Allah tells them if you really in fact do believe that you are the chosen people then Allah says Allah exposes them and he says they will never wish for death because of what their deeds are Allah knows what injustice they've done They've done injustice to Allah, they've done injustice to themselves, and they've done injustice to the people around them. Okay, another reason why people fear death is because of the deeds that they've done. Shaitan, what Shaitan does, he makes us forget Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. He makes us forget that Allah is extremely merciful and constantly merciful. One sincere tawbah can delete all your past sins. Sahih or not? But what does Shaitan keep you reminding you? I'm so messed up. Ana He keeps you in this constant fear. I don't want to talk about death. It's too depressing. Oh, it's negative. Let's look at this amazing positive hadith. Let's talk about the positive side now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet tells us, whoever loves to meet Allah, listen to this, whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him. Isn't that amazing? And whoever hates to meet Allah, Allah hates to meet him. For you choose how you want to think about Allah. You decide. Well, it's, it's in our, the ball's in our court. You decide how you want to see this thing. You want to see it in a positive way or a negative way. In another hadith, the Prophet tells us, none of you should ever die except while assuming the best about Allah. We should have a positive perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is loving, he is merciful, he is caring and he wants what's best for you in another hadith Qudsi Allah tells us I am whatever my servant thinks of me if you think that I'm merciful with you I'll be merciful with you if you think that I'm going to punish, punish you then you probably are messed up and you probably deserve to be punished Allah has given us the choice. It's a gift. Allah has given us the choice. Think positive, positive things, positive things will happen to you. If you think negative, negative things will happen to you. Who do we blame? You have no one to blame but yourself, really. If you want to take the negative outlook on things, don't blame anyone but yourself. So is it okay to wish for death? Shraikum. What do you think? Let's see a vote. How many of you think it's okay to wish for death? Okay? Well, the, the Prophet teaches us that none of you should with, wish for death. You don't fear death, but you should not wish for it. Lish. Either he is a doer of good and he will do more, or either he is a doer of evil, per, perhaps he might stop. Let me explain this. Alhain, why does the, Allah not want us to wish for death? Then, Kilma, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fi umarna. The, more, the longer we live, the more chances we have to do good deeds. 
Okay? Because if you wish for death, that means you want to die early. That means your good deeds won't be as much as the one who lives longer. For your niyyah should be, Ya Allah, I want to live a thousand years so I can do good deeds worth a thousand years. Make sense? Unafs is for the one who is dal, for the one who is not very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is saying, wish, don't wish for death. Wish for a long life, Lana, you'll still have a chance to repent. You'll have a chance to do tawbah. You'll have a chance to stop and take a, make a U-turn in your life. Make sense? Yeah? Okay. So why do we fear death? Besides the fact that yani, our, our deeds aren't up to what Allah expects from us. Including myself. We all have shortcomings. None of us are angels. Any angels here? Any prophets? None of us are angels. We all have shortcomings. We have sins. We have balawi. Okay? And we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to forgive us for all these shortcomings. But why do we fear death? It all comes down to this fake self inside of us called the ego. Oh, inshallah, the next 15, 20 minutes, we're going to be talking about this thing called the ego. Okay? It's this false impression that you have about yourself. Oh, this is shaitan's biggest game. That's why I'm going to talk about it in depth today. Shaitan's biggest game is to make you believe that you're someone fake. To make you forget who you really are. So let's talk about this concept. Who are you? Are you your body? Are, are you your body? Shuraikum. Yes? What happens to your body when you die? Yeah, disintegrates. Yani according to the hadith, the only thing that le that's left of your body is the last part of your spine. The, hey. That's the only thing that's left for your body is worth yani basically nothing. For you are, yes, you need to take care of your body, صح? but are you your body? You're not your body. What about relationships? Are you your relationships? What happens to your relationships when you die? You're on your own. Sah, your, your, your relatives and your family will cry over your grave for a couple of days, three, four days, one week, two weeks. Then what's going to happen? They're going to move on with life. Sah? And they'll remember you on the death anniversary every year. Sah? And the memories will fade away. Shway, shway. What about your possessions? Are you your possessions? Are you the things you own? The cars you drive, the house you own, the money in your bank account, your clothes, your bags, your shoes. Are you any of this? Does any of this go with you in the grave? No. Are you your job or your business? Are you? What happens to your job and your business when you die? It's all gone, صح? Whether you're a doctor or a CEO or a chairman, it means nothing when you die. Are you your achievements? It's part of you. But a lot of people define themselves by achievements. And when they don't achieve, they feel like they're worth nothing. What happens, what happens to your... Yeah, good achievements stay with you, of course. Okay. 
Yes, you learn from them. What about your social status? Are you your social status? I'm from so-and-so family. Does that mean anything when you die? But what does shaitan sometimes do? He sometimes makes us believe that we are these things. And the reality is we are none of this. We are something much, much, much bigger than this. I'll quote you a very nice quote by Eckhart Tolle where he says, Death is a stripping away of all that is not you. The secret of life is to die before you die and find that there is no death. And okay? Let's step back. <laughs> so death is a stripping away of all that is not you. Who are you really? Who are you really? Any guesses? When your body is gone, when your possessions are gone, when your status and family. What remains? There's a part of you that remains. The ruh. What makes human beings different than animals and other creations of Allah is that Allah has blown into us his ruh. Adam السلام, was when he was a piece of clay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew into him this ruh. And this ruh, does it die? The ruh doesn't die. What happens to it when we die? It goes to some place called al-barzakh and then it, it never dies basically. Okay? What happens to us when we sleep? Yeah, Rasulullah called sleep the sister of death. Shaqiqat al-mawt because our ruhs leaves our, our, our bodies when we sleep. When we wake up, what's the hadith, what's the Prophet what did he teach us to say when we wake up? Alhamdulillah, thank you Allah for sending back my ruh after I was dead. That's the first thing you're supposed to do is thank Allah for sending your ruh back to you. Because he, he could have kept it there. But the idea here is death is a stripping away of all that is not you. Ta'afun, the ego, or shaitan, he makes you believe you're all these things. صح? What happens at the moment of death? When the angel of death comes, the curtain opens. And you see reality. Shunar reality, what's the real truth? That you are this ruh. This ruh that had to be fed. Now what's the food for the ruh? We all know what's the food for the body, right? What's the food for the body? The ultimate food for the ruh is remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dhikrullah, in any, any shape or form, whether it's Quran, whether it's coming to a place like this, in a way what we're doing today is feeding your ruh. Inshallah, by the time we're done, you'll, feel, you'll have this nice feeling inside, inshallah. This peace and tranquility, sakina, okay? Because your ruh is being fed with remembrance of Allah. You get this when you read Quran, when you pray, when you listen to a nice reminder on YouTube or on WhatsApp, when you meet nice people who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay? This is what happens to your ruh, it gets fed. And this ruh is dying, it's, it's, it's screaming, I want to be fed too. Yes, you're taking care of your body, but please balance out with, with the ruh. I want to be fed also. 
That's what do we take care of more, body or ruh? Shrikum. When you go to city center or Lamuda Mall, what kind of shops, what, what do most shops sell stuff for? The body or the ruh? We're constantly buying things for our body. We're, we're buying the shampoo and the soaps and you're going to the salon and you're wearing nice clothes and the hair and everything is about the external part. About the body. We're obsessed about our bodies. That's why we go to the gym. And that's not mub'ib, take care of your body. Allah wants you to take care of your body. That's great. Best, balance it out with what? Your ruh. Your soul, which is your essence. This is really what remains from you. But what happens is, for the one who was away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will realize this when? At the moment of death. When it, is it too late then? It's too late. Now, alhamdulillah, all of us got the chance to know this while we're still breathing. صح? But is that something good or not? Now, inshallah, all of you realize that tara I am actually the ruh. Everything else is going to go away. But you still have a chance. We all have a chance. I still have a chance to make up and start balancing ruh, body. Make sense so far? Okay. But death is the stripping away of all that is not you. The secret of life is to die before you die. What does this mean? How can we die before we die? The ego is like this mask that we're all wearing. Okay, this fake you. Your possessions, your achievements, your relationships, all of these things. When you take that mask off, what remains? The ruh, okay? What remains is the ruh, and this ruh is actually pure in form. It's extremely humble. It loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it wants to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why when you remind it of Allah, it feels happy, it feels good. Okay? That's really who we are. And the secret of life is to, to basically, this ego thing is like an idol in our hearts. Okay? You literally have to take it out. And break it. You, you kill this ego inside of you so that you become at peace. So long as this ego is in your heart, you will not be at peace. You're always going to be busy. Your mind is going to be busy. And we'll talk about this later, inshallah. So what's the last part of this quote? And, and you, when you die, before you die, what do you find out? That there is no death. Your ruh is not going to die. Death is just a transition. Yani maximum, how many years are we going to live? Maximum 100, 110, inshallah. Let's aim high a bit. Okay. We're going to live, inshallah, 100, 110, 120 years. And then we die. We're going to be in this small box underground for how long? Tarfun. how long it will feel like? The Prophet teaches us that it will feel like Yani the time between the moment you die till the moment you're resurrected, Yom Al-Qiyamah, it's going to feel like a short nap between Dhuhr and Asr prayers. For the believer. For the believer, it's going to be like a short nap. Okay, it's really a small transition. Death is a small transition. The real life begins when? Jannah, of course, the eternal, inshallah, happiness and peace and party, basically. 
That's the real party that we all should, inshallah, be uh, looking forward to. So you see how it's, it's optimistic now? Yes? It's not that scary. Death is just a transition. Let's see what Allah says about this. In Surah Qaf, Allah says about this stripping away of all that is not you. Allah says to the, to the soul that is far away from Allah, Allah says, لَقَدْ كُنْتَ فِي غَفْلَةٍ مِنْ هَذَا فَكَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ غِطَاءَكَ فَبَصَرُكَ الْيَوْمَ حَدِيدٌ That you were, you were spending your entire life in ghafla, you were forgetting, you were forgetful, you were, you were in a delusion. فَكَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ غِطَاءَكَ when you, At the moment of death, this curtain will be open, you'll see who you really were, this ruh. And this whole ego was all a big, big fat lie that shaitan made you live. And Allah says, فَبَصَرُكَ الْيَوْمَ حَدِيدٌ يعني بصرك حاد بيكون من الحدة. It'll be sharp, it'll be clear, you'll see things for reality. Whereas during, the during your life, you were in a delusion. Okay? When Ali bin Abi Talib says, النَّاسُ نِيَامْ حَتَّى And they will wake up. Now, people, all, most people are sleeping. When will they wake up? At the moment of death. SubhanAllah, just think about it. But for the believers, when will they wake up? Every time they read an ayah of the Quran, they will wake up. And they will be people who see. That's why Allah describes nur for the believers. صح? What is nur? Light, صح? And what, is, what does light represent? When you have nur in your life, what does that represent? Light. Happiness and peace, صح? That's why we kept the lights open so everyone could, inshallah, be, it can be bright and happy. That's why the sun represents happiness. And horror movies, usually do they happen during the day or the night? Night is scary. Why do people fear the night and darkness? You can't see, صح? It's fear of the unknown, it's fear of being hurt, صح? When you're blindfolded, you feel uncomfortable and you don't see. But nur gives you peace because you see everything around you. You see the threats of shaitan coming. That's what nur gives you. But when you're blindfolded, shaitan can get you from any angle. He can get you into trouble. He can get you into pain and suffering because you can't see anyway. You're an easy catch. But when you have nur, when you see with Allah's nur, you see what's right, what's wrong. It's crystal clear. You see shaitan's traps and you say, no, I don't want this, sorry. I want to protect my happiness and peace. I'm not going to let you make me suffer pain. Besides our body, we are also our mind. And the mind also needs food. What's the food for the mind? Knowledge. knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Knowledge that benefits. Right? Most of us were educated, mashallah, in the best schools in Bahrain and you know, some of us been to college. Maybe you've done advanced studies, masters, PhD, qualifications, certifications. But we're feeding our mind with worldly knowledge, which is great. And now we need to build the world and inshallah make this world a better place and earn a living. That's fine. What about spiritual knowledge? How are we doing in terms of spiritual knowledge? Knowledge about Allah, knowledge about the Quran, knowledge about the life of the Prophet our ultimate teacher. How are most people doing? Thumbs up or a thumbs down? Let's do a vote. Shrikam. I want to see. Fihal Asr. Fihal Asr. Please. 
No, in general. Okay, work in progress. Great. Okay. What about the nafs? There's this thing called nafs inside of you that's just different from the ruh. It's difficult to translate. Okay, but Allah distinguishes between ruh and nafs. Ruh we all know now, right? Ruh is the soul or spirit, whatever you call it. Nafs. It's linked to your emotions. It's linked to your feelings. What's the food for the nafs? Values. Al-qiyam. Al-qiyam al-mabadi'ah. Like being grateful, being loving and caring and merciful and kind and honest and trustworthy and confident. We need to, inshallah, feed into ourselves and our children. This is what matters, basically. Through through qiyam come the akhlaq. Now, what are most Muslims today obsessed with? The external or the internal? External, sahih mabahir. You know, whether it's the hijab or the beard or the short thobe or whatever, yani. whether I should pray like this or like this or like this or like this, whether I should do tashahid like this or like this, like this. All, all our debates about are about external things. The deeper realities, al-qiyam wal-mubadi', unfortunately, we're, we're, this is my humble opinion, we're failing us. I can see that in the road every day when I go to work. Yes? Terrible, صح? Until we feed the nafs with these qiyam and mabadi', things won't change. But we're not feeding it, صح? Where are the values? Where, what kind of values are our children getting today? What kind of values are we getting? Who is giving, what kind of values and where are we getting these values from? TV, media, entertainment. What kind of values are our children getting from PlayStation today? Violence, killing, war, theft. Sah? And then we complain, What you feed comes out. What's the quote? You are what you eat. Really, you are what, what you eat. If you feed yourself good food, healthy food, you'll be, you'll be healthy. If you feed yourself junk, you're going to pay for it. Sah? In my gym, the, there's a nice quote. I was just telling my wife. What you eat in private, you wear in public. <laughs> what you eat in private, you wear in public. You feed your mind junk, you're going to get junk. You feed your nafs junk, you're going to get junk. And lastly, the heart also. Another component of us. Ruh is in the center. Why did Ruh in the center? That's the core. That's the core. Okay, that's the core. Heart, nafs, mind, body, killahom. They contribute to the the ruh eventually. But now the question is, what's the food of the heart? Thank you. Love. Very simply. When you have, when you feed the heart love, what kind of words will come out of your mouth? Nice words will uh, evil words. Nice words, right? When, and by the way, the function of the heart is decision-making. Did you know this? No. The mind doesn't decide, the heart decides. Oh, I'll, I'll give you an example to make it clear. Now, for example, let's say someone smokes. Okay? 
Um, if you give him an exam on the harms of smoking, 10 questions about the harms of smoking, is he going to pass with flying colors or not? Yes. yes or no? Absolutely. All smokers know, they know in their mind, they have the knowledge that smoking causes lung cancer and smoking could cause your death. It's there on the box. It's, it's very clear. No one can argue that smoking does not cause harm to your body. But they still do it. He'd see the sign, no smoking sign, and he still would take a cigarette out and start smoking. Why? Who decided? The mind knew it's harmful. But who wins? The heart always wins. And that he wants to smoke. He likes smoking. Forget the fact that it's harmful. I want to smoke. I want to feel good. But this, this love, this desire to smoke wins over your knowledge of the harms of smoking. Make sense? But when you love, and love is the food for the heart. When you love your body, will you smoke? When you love your body, will you say nice things or nasty things? When you love your body, will you go to nice places or wrong places? When, you, when, you love, when there's love in your heart, it will come out. You'll do the right things. You'll make the right decisions in your life. That's the essence. Okay? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be happy and, and He gave us the Qur'an. And you know what the miracle of the Qur'an is? Mu'jizat al-Qur'an and it feeds all of these things simultaneously. The ruh, the heart, the nafs, and the mind. Simultaneously, it's, it's the ultimate self-development book. It talks to every, every part of your body and it feeds everything simultaneously. And so Allah says, basically Allah wants us to read the Qur'an and to to be aware of, of who we are. This is stuff that should be taught in grade one. Don't you agree? All our kids deserve, we, we deserve to know this when we were in grade one. Why, how come no one told us who we are? Why are we, why are we finding out today? That's <laughs> better late than never, inshallah, right? But the idea is Allah wants us to be happy and, and we will be only be happy when we start feeding and taking care of all these things that make us who we are. What does shaitan want? Shaitan wants you to forget who you are. He wants you to be in sadness, in anger, and in fear. Allah says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ Don't be like the ones who forgot Allah. And therefore, they for, as a result, they forgot themselves. Isn't this what happened? Think about it. Most people forgot themselves, Lish. Then who did we forget? Who did we forget? Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we remember Allah, He reminds us who we are. When we forget Allah, we forget who we are. Very simple formula. Okay? Let's talk about the ego, this enemy within, in more detail. The ego, like I told you, believes that I am my body, I am my possessions, I am my job and business and money, I am my social status, I am my achievements. But what else does the ego want? And while you want to go do some self-reflection. Okay? 
without pointing fingers. Kilwahad does self-reflection. Do I have this in me or not? Okay, don't think about others. Now what's going to come in your mind? Ah, Flana and the ego issue, Ashkara. Right? The whole point of this exercise is self-reflection. I want to improve myself. Okay? But the ego also wants to be right always. It can't stand being wrong. It can't stand losing an argument. It can't stand saying sorry. Sorry, I messed up. Sorry, it's my mistake. Ego doesn't want that. And the ego always wants to win. Oh, by the way, that's why Hattafil sports, Real Madrid, Barcelona, whenever this match goes on, she's here the next day. What happens at the office or school the next day? Hoshat, why? Because you get upset when you lose. This is a sign of ego, actually. When you destroy your ego, when you kill your ego, you don't care if you win or lose. Who cares? You let go of being right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Then uh, when, you f when you lose, how do you feel? When you lose, how do you feel? Miserable, صح? You, f you suffer and pain. Shkinna, who wants you to suffer pain and misery? Shaitan. But when you let go of the need to want to win, you'll be at peace and happy, regardless. And by the way, we teach our kids to have ego. We always want them to get the A. You have to be the winner. It's okay to win, but it's okay to lose. That's what I'm saying. Hey. The ego mind says, I can't stand losing. I have to win no matter what happens. Selfishness. But of course, it's great to win. But it's also great to lose. I want my child to lose sometimes. I want her to get a C and a D, to, to learn and taste what it feels like to lose. And ask any businessman, what's the secret to success? Failure. Failure. It's healthy for us. And unfortunately, we're in times where perfectionism, Nabi. And the parents get so obsessed with their children. They have to be perfect. You have to get the A. You have to pass. You can't fail. You can't, you can't be second place. You have to be first place. It's not healthy. The ego also wants respect from society. And when you get disrespected, what happens? What kind of feelings happen inside? Anger. The biggest reason for any fight is this feeling of being disrespected. How dare you say this to me? How dare you talk to me like that? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know whose son I am? Do you know who you're talking to? This is actually ego inside of us. Then Allah subhanahu wa Allah has honored all of the children of Adam. Muslim, non-Muslim, Allah has given us this honor. Can anyone take away this honor from you? For whose respect should we be concerned about? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's it. Everything else doesn't matter. For this idea that I want respect from society, hatta the fact that I want appreciation. You want to be appreciated by people. Hi, bad. It's a hidden ego. The need to be appreciated. You do something for someone, if they don't say thank you, you get upset. Matstahaladi. Whose whose appreciation should you seek? 
only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, this is what la ilaha illallah means actually in depth. La ilaha illallah means I seek respect only from Allah. I seek honor except only from Allah. I seek appreciation only from Allah. Not from people. The need to be noticed. The need to be noticed also is a sign of ego. Uliyum fil social media, this is again, the need to have likes in your posts, the need to, you know, for your Instagram posts to have many likes and your, your followers to get more and more and your YouTube views to get more and more views. Right? This is all part of this disease inside of us. The need to be noticed, the need to be appreciated. We have yani, conflicting Nawayana yani, are messed up. Our intentions are messed up. And I want authority. I don't want someone to tell me what to do. Bad high, big one. I don't want someone to tell me how, what to do, what to say, where to go, what to do. But what's the opposite of all of this? What's the opposite of all this ego? There's one word in the, in the Qur'an. Yeah, but what's the word that summarizes all of the opposites of this ego? What's the opposite of ego? Yalla. What's the title Allah has given us? A few title that Allah gave us. Thank you. Abd. Abdullah. Literally, a slave of Allah. Is there a title lower than the title of a slave? Mafi tara. There's different titles. There's king, prince, minister, general, doctor, accountant. The lower you go, accountant, clerk, this is low. Garbage cleaner, car washer, low. What's the lowest? Slave. Slave of Allah is the lowest. Yet Allah says, if you accept this title from me, the lowest title, I'll give you the highest honor. Contrast. Just accept the lowest title, I'll give you the highest honor. And inshallah, we'll talk about this. But let's look at Shaitan, what he says. When Allah commanded the angels to do sajda to Adam, what was Shaitan's mistake? I'm better than him, basically. The root cause of ego, صح? Thinking that you're better than others. Thinking that you're better than others. And by the way, shaitan was created from what? Nar. And nar represents what in the Quran? Like I told you earlier? Pain. Subhanallah. You see the link? Every time you read the word nar in the Quran, think of pain. Nar is a symbol of pain and that's what shaitan wants you to suffer in this world and in the akhirah. Because he's made from this. This is his essence. What is arrogance? Rasulullah in a very beautiful hadith, he says that لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر That no one enters Jannah. Whoever has even a mustard seed or an atom's weight of kibr in his heart will not enter Jannah. But then the Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah, 
But we like to dress nicely and we like to, you know, wear nice shoes and nice clothes. The Prophet said, that is not arrogance. In Allah Jamilun Yhibbul Jamal. Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. Allah loves the fact that you dress nicely and you have nice perfume or whatever. And he, Allah loves that you express your beauty. But what is arrogance? He, he goes on to explain further. Arrogance means rejecting the truth and looking down on people. Two things. Guru Warai. Number one, rejecting the truth. Say it. Number two, looking down on people. This is the definition of arrogance. It is not drive the, the most lavish cars, have the biggest houses, you know, go on your yacht, enjoy the ni'am of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, enjoy the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But don't define yourself by these things and don't look down on people who don't have that stuff. That's where arrogance comes in. But the Prophet here is clarifying a big misconception that we have. Tafun, another very, very tricky game of shaitan to cause you pain and suffering is that he wants you to live in the past and the future. Lish, who can tell me? What's in the past? What's in the past? Very good. Regrets. What else? Mistakes, guilt, sadness. All fights are about things in the past, by the way. And all grudges are about things in the past. And in past there's sadness and there's anger. What about the future? What's in the future? Worry and fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of death, fear of Yom Qiyamah, fear of losing my job. Fear of not getting married, fear of, I don't know, getting divorced. Shaitan has a thousand reasons to make you afraid of the future. Is the future a reality? Has the future come? Is it worth worrying about the future? Where does Allah want you to be? The present now. And in now there's happiness. There's peace. But shaitan's game is he keeps your mind swinging past, future, past, future, past, future. And where do you end up not being? In the now, right? In the now is where there's presence, there's, there's happiness and peace. You know, a lot of people, they delay happiness for the future. They say, I'll be happy when I get a promotion. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I get a house on the beach. I'll be happy when I have a yacht. Does that ever come? These fake promises never come. Let's look at some examples. Shaitan. Think about this for a second. Where was Iblis when Allah told the angels to do sajda to Adam? Where was Iblis? Weyahum. Wayn Khan. Fil Jannah. Wayn Fil Jannah. When fil Jannah? Who was he next to? In the highest level of Jannah. 
فردوس الأعلى he was in the presence of Allah سبحانه وتعالى يعني ما في ما في level أعلى من level اللي إبليس وصل له وليش how come إبليس وصل لهاي level by the way لا he was he was a really really good jinn he was كان مؤمن وكان يعني he was a, he earned his status there by the way Allah gave him access to the highest level and he was an extremely pious and righteous jinn okay he was good but when Allah commanded them all to do sajda what did shaitan start doing what did he start thinking about future صح he start thinking ah the suggest hak adam خلاص انا بصير downgrade هو بصير upgrade what will happen if i do sajda he started resisting this thought where was he not when he decided not to do sajda he wasn't in the now had he been in the now would he have done sajda absolutely and obviously he's in jannah the highest place ever who cares if he does one sajda, I'll stay in the best place ever. It's worth it, will Hatta Iblis himself is teaching us that living in the future, thinking about the future can get you into trouble. Same thing, oh, by the way, these two stories are the first two stories of the Quran. It's not a coincidence. Adam and Hawa. Allah told them, live in Jannah, enjoy the fruits and everything in Jannah, except for this one tree. Iblis, what, what was his catch? What was his hook? What did he tell them? Eat from the tree, what will you get? Eternal life. You will live forever. You'll never die. You'll have kingdom that's going to last forever. These are promises of what? Future. The future. He got them to think about the future. He got them out of the present. They made the mistake and they paid the price. Had they been present, would they have made the mistake? What do you think? Had Adam and Hawa been present, would they have made the mistake? No. Then that's just one tree. I want to stay in paradise. I want to enjoy the fruits of Jannah. For three keys to happiness, I'll share with you. Please remember all of these. Number one, do not or stay away from judging others. It's a big problem today in society. We we judge people all the time. We judge people based on their looks. This is a sign of evil. And it happens both ways. Those who are practicing judge people who don't seem practicing on the outside based on their looks. And those who are not practicing, when they see someone who seems practicing, you don't hire extremists. Judging all the time, you're judging people based on their looks. Someone walks into the masjid with a tattoo on, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You see a girl wearing a mini skirt, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? By the way, they don't hide thoughts, that thought that Hadi Raihaleha hide min seven mubiqats by the way. It's like min super super kabarat of sins. Muhlikat and the destroyers. Major sin to accuse someone of being
being Rahalina basically based on her looks. Even by just thinking. Even by it's just the thought itself. Big trouble. Then Allah says, In al-Hukmu illa Judgment is only for Allah. Allah knows what's deep down inside. We don't know what's inside of people's hearts. We know the story of the prostitute who fed a dog some water and she earned Jannah because of this small act. They don't know the Yes. What's up we don't know this, the reality. This, the idea here is judging. Don't judge people. The second one is stop assuming. Don't assumptions. Bad guy. One of the games of Shaitan. Assumptions. Something happens, you start assuming negative things. Maybe she said this, then she means that. She said this because she wants this. Start assuming negative things. He creates hatred and jealousy and. Problems happen just because of assumptions. And the third one, resistance. Resistance. Shina acts resistance. Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. What was the problem with Habil? Why did he kill Habil? The first children of Adam Islam. There was a murder that happened in that house. Lish. He resisted, right? Habil got the not so good looking wife. Habil got the, the chick, basically, Andy. <laughs> he resisted. Mu'aj bin Nadam. Habil didn't like the system. And so he resisted. What, what was the result of not liking the system and going against the system? War. Bloodshed. This is what's happening today, young. The root cause of all wars and all conflicts is resistance. People need to start accepting. And then Allah describes in Mu'mineen, Allah and Awliya Allah. The best friends of Allah. Allah says, La khawfun alayhim wa There's no fear upon them, nor will they ever be sad. No fear of the future, no sadness of the past. Where are they? In the present. The best, you want to be a best friend of Allah? Be present. This is an invitation from Allah to all of us, by the way. And by the way, it's okay to... You can, can you be the friend of Allah wearing jeans? Yes. yes, absolutely. There's no uniform for to be a friend of Allah. You have to be some like old guy with a white beard, in some mountain, with a cap on. Not true. A 12-year-old can be a wali of Allah if he's close to Allah subhanahu wa That has nothing to do with looks. And the ultimate reminder is salah. The ultimate destroyer of ego is salah. Just two full harakat. The ruku and the sujood. Putting the most precious part of your body on the ground. To remind yourself that you are nothing but abd. And Allah is what? What's the opposite of abd? Allah is a rub, صح? Rub. Just think about how many times do we say the word rub in the salah? Let's just count. Alhamdulillahi, Rabbil Alameen. We're done with Fatiha. Allahu Akbar, we're going to Rukur. What do we say? Subhana Rabbiyal Azim. Subhana Rabbiyal Azim. Subhana Rabbiyal Azim. How many so far? 
اوكي رحنا فوق وقفنا سمع الله لمن حمده ربنا ولك الحمد ننزل في السجود سبحان ربي الاعلى سبحان ربي الاعلى سبحان ربي الاعلى then we sit what do we say رب اغفر لي رب اغفر لي then سبحان ربي الاعلى سبحان ربي الاعلى سبحان ربي الاعلى سوره 13 الله اكبر in one rak'ah how many times did we remember the master 13 times in one rak'ah this is the essence of salah, by the way. To remind us to be humble, to remind us to be people of humility, to kill your ego. To remind yourself of who you really are. And this is where the honor is. When you are Abdullah, this is where Allah honors you. But there's humility, acceptance, responsibility, all these feelings in salah, which is again a different topic we can talk about later on. Let's, what does Salah end with, by the way? Let's end it with this one. What does Salah end with? Peace, right? Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. After Salah, what are you supposed to feel? Peaceful and happy. Right? The Prophet would say, Arahna biha ya Bilal. Comfort us with Salah. And the Prophet would also say, Salah is the coolness of my eyes. It's the, it's the best thing that, it's the best part of his day is Salah. Congratulations, hey? Eh? And that's where he relaxes. That's where he realizes who he really is. That's the ultimate reminder. Question, is life the opposite of death? What do you think? Is this statement true? No, Yes, very good. In your don't think of life as the opposite of death. Birth is the opposite of death. Life has an opposite. Life is eternal. Okay? Life is eternal, your ruh never dies. And that is the real life. And, and to share with you examples from nature. Inshallah, we're at the end. Death, this transition of death is part of Allah's creation. For rain to come down, what has to happen to the clouds? They have to go through their form of death. For what happens to rivers when they enter into the sea and to the ocean? They also die. They have to die for the ocean to get, keep getting the water they, it deserves. For us to have water, what happens, what happens to oxygen? Tafun H2O, صح? For us to get H2O, oxygen has to die and to be transformed into H2O. For us to get fruits, what has to happen to this? The seed of the plant. What happens to the seed of the plant when this plant comes out? It has to die. When the seed splits open, it dies. But what comes out after it? Life. The plant comes and then the, the fruits grow and we benefit from this. Nafsishay sunset. The sun has to set, it has to die in our city to rise somewhere else. It's all part of Allah's system, this transition. And so even المؤمن, the grave of the believer, the Prophet tells us that he will have a window in his grave where he will be able to see his garden in paradise. 
And in fact, your grave will be a garden of paradise. Rawla min riyad al-jannah. For the believer. But it's a pretty cool place, the grave, Tara, for the believers. Yani. Imagine there was no death. Imagine there was no death. Imagine the traffic. Would we get, get here on time, the mafi death? The traffic everywhere. Already it's pretty bad, Yani. Bad Mahari Mut. Imagine taking a family selfie. <laughs> if no one died, your grand, 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 grandparents are still alive. Imagine how much space you need in your house. Imagine, guys, you're fighting with your grandmother for the bedroom. She wants to sleep there. How many bedrooms do you need? Imagine the jobs. Your grand, grand, grandfather is still holding on to his job. Might be finished. I'm off retirement. There's no death. Imagine how much food you'd have to cook every day to feed the whole family. Imagine how long you'd have to wait for a ticket to the movies. A day at the beach. What about laundry? If it makes you think, صح? Alhamdulillah that Allah created death. كل واحد فينا يقول Alhamdulillah that there is death. نعمة ولا لا؟ نعمة. Life would be pretty messed up, pretty difficult with death. Last thing, death is a reality. We all have situations where family members will die, and it's going to be it's natural to be sad. That you cry and you have. I personally lost my father 11 years ago, uh, and we lost our daughter also. She was 21 days old. But we've been through these situations, and it's very, very normal to go through this. Kilwahafina is going to go through this. So I want to share with you one last tip on how to deal with the pain of death, okay? And death is painful, صح? Imagine that you have a shot glass, okay? And you take a tablespoon of salt. So there is a shot glass with water in it and a tablespoon of salt. Salt represents pain. Try to drink that. How will you feel? Would you be able to finish it? لا, صح? Now, if we got a, a medium-sized drinking glass of water and you put the same tablespoon in the middle-sized middle, middle size glass, would it be a bit more bearable now to drink it? Yes, a bit better. Now we get a jug. A jug of water, one tablespoon of salt. How will it be now? You won't feel it much, صح? just a little bit, it's going to be okay. يعني. For the salt here represents pain. What does the size of the jug or the glass represent? Who can tell me? Al-Iman. Al-Iman inside your, in your hearts. The stronger your Iman, the less the pain. 
the weaker your iman, the stronger the pain. Very simple formula. Waslat? Yeah? But if you're someone who's constantly going through pain and you're taking depression pills and you're always yani, in a bad mood, what do you need to work on? Work on making that glass bigger, inshallah, the glass of Iman. Inshallah, your life will be peaceful and uh, happy, inshallah. So with that, I conclude today's talk, inshallah. If you want to... Um, Follow more of, of our videos. You can follow us on YouTube, Falak TV. We have a channel on YouTube. I have a Facebook page and I also have a blog that you can inshallah follow us on. But so I hope yani, the, the objective today was to make you feel positive about death and to make you realize that it's not that bad. Yani. It's not that bad. Yani, my intention is really for all of us to... Look at life in a positive way. We look at deen in a positive way and love this deen. And realize that Allah loves us. And that's why He gave us all these warnings in the Quran. Because He loves us. Otherwise He could have kept the secret if He wanted to punish us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless this gathering. And subhanahu wa uh, may Allah put barakah in this and for the host, Jazakumullah Khair, for hosting this great gathering. And uh, inshallah, we'll see you again, inshallah, very soon. Jazakumullah Khair. Assalamu alaikum.